Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio, a show dedicated to helping men grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. We are broadcasting from the Mercy Live Up Studios and heard on 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, and 94.5 FM, and around the globe streaming online at iowacatholicradio.com and on the TuneIn Radio app. I am Joe Stopulis, along with Father Zach Kautsky. Just a quick note that we are going to cover a topic that might not be appropriate for all ages, so please be sensitive to that. Today we are joined by Matt Frad, an international speaker who has made his mission to fight pornography in America and around the world. Father Zach, would you please open us up in a word of prayer? Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's ask the intercession of of St. Joseph as we pray for chastity, for purity of heart, uh, that we will be true men. Jesus, lover of chastity, Mary, mother most pure, and Joseph, chaste guardian of the virgin, to you I come at this hour begging you to plead with God for me. I honestly wish to be pure in thought, word, and deed, in imitation of your own holy purity. So obtain for me the grace, then, to reflect you in my conduct, in my words, and my thoughts. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. St. Joseph, pray for, pray for us. In the Father, Son, and the Holy, holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Father, pornography has become an epidemic uh, in the world, and we'll talk more about just how bad it is with Matt Frad in the next segment. But let's talk about the Catholic Church and how it can help people struggle. What are some of the important things the Catholic Church does today to help men and women who are struggling with this? Yeah, and this this is such a, an important topic and timely topic. And, you know, as a priest, uh, I hear confessions and uh, both men and women, and I would say that pornography is it's an epidemic. And I think part of the reason is it's so accessible, uh, it's so available, and it's so addicting and so especially, I think, for young people, uh, we're really trying to encourage them uh, to fight the good fight and keep fighting for purity. And I always remind them that purity is a, it's a journey, not a destination. So we keep fighting, and especially through the sacraments. It's really, really important. We have the beautiful sacrament of reconciliation. So if you are struggling with pornography or purity, uh, I can't recommend enough going to reconciliation right away and just getting that off your shoulders, getting that off your chest. Uh, it's so freeing uh, to be told you're forgiven and also not only to be forgiven, but to be given the grace to continue to fight and move forward. Um, so that's one thing is reconciliation is such a beautiful sacrament, healing sacrament. And the other thing is the Eucharist and to, to receive the Eucharist as medicine uh, for for fighting the good fight. Yeah, and as a Catholics, that is that is a gift that we have uh, to, to do this, that nobody else has. So I strongly encourage anyone to do that, to use the Catholic Church and the confessional and Eucharist to fight against pornography. We're going to head to a short break, and then when we return, Matt Frad will be with us. So stick around, and we'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio, broadcasting on 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, 94.5 FM, recording from the Mercy Live Up Studios, heard around the world streaming online at iowacatholicradio.com and on smartphones everywhere via the TuneIn Radio app. I am Joe Stopulis alongside my co-host, Father Zach Kautsky. And today we're excited to be joined by Matt Frad. Uh, a quick word of warning that we're going to be covering a topic that might not be appropriate for all ages, so please be attentive to that. 
Matt is a international Catholic speaker who had who experienced a profound conversion at World Youth Day in, in the in Rome in 2000, and afterward committed himself to inviting others to know Jesus Christ and His Church. Matt has been a guest on BBC, EWTN, ABC, and Catholic Answers Live. He's the founder of The Porn Effect, a website dedicated to exposing the realities behind the fantasy of porn and offering help to those who are seeking sexual freedom. Matt Frad, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Joe. Well, I'm, I'm excited to have you again, Matt. I've, as I've told you in the past, you're a hero of mine when it comes to this kind of thing. And, you know, first, again, thank you for your ministry. And I believe it is one of the largest problems facing the world today. There are so many evils that come from this one issue. And I believe mm. we are just scratching the surface in understanding how detrimental they are to society as a whole. And let's, let's kind of lay the groundwork on the problem, Matt. I grew up in the kind of the forefront of the Internet age. Uh, kind of from that transition from Playboys to the desktop, as I would call it. Yeah. Uh, also before blocking softwares uh, were created. And so I've seen a generation of men and boys become completely addicted to pornography without A, spending a cent, and B, while it uh-huh. being completely socially acceptable uh, amongst their peers. So can you help us get a better understanding of the severity of the problem that we are facing? Yeah, it's been said before, uh, perhaps many times, but... Since the advent of the internet, pornography became, in a way it had never been before, um, anonymous, affordable, and accessible. We call these the three A's of the internet. And due to that, uh, porn use skyrocketed. And it skyrocketed because it, uh, it feels good. I mean, when people look at porn, it's a very powerful way to escape the humdrum of your daily life. Uh, it becomes a narcotic of sorts that we turn to to give ourselves some excitement, some pleasure, uh, and to cope with life when life feels chaotic. And we're not often aware of why these are the reasons we go to it. And so when I was a kid, I imagine one of my triggers was when I felt like my parents were really upset with me uh, or when I'd done something bad and got into a lot of trouble and didn't feel loved. And, you know, we can look back and see how these may have been triggers that that led us to pornography. And... Um, so I think that's kind of what we're seeing, and due to that, um, there were parts of my personality that didn't have to mature or grow up. I didn't have to deal with turbulent situations, uh, awkward situations, because I had just had this narcotic that I kept turning to. And um, and so a lot of people kind of begin that way innocently. You know, it's not like they went looking for it. It came looking for them. They were curious, which, of course, is natural and even healthy. Um, but then it just kind of takes over their life, and they hate what they're doing, but they feel like they can't stop doing it. So uh, it's not as if the pleasure's increasing. You know, they, they don't want to be doing this. They find that they feel they must do it uh, to cope, um, or that they can't help but do it, but they're looking for a way out. And this isn't just men. It's men and women. And um, so I think what these men and women, you know, uh, all of us, because we're all sexually broken to one degree or another, what we need isn't condemnation. You know, what we need is a way out and for someone to love us and to, uh, to help us, again, with healthy human relationships and intimacy. Hey, Matt, any facts or figures you want to share to help our listeners get an idea of just how big of a problem this is? Are there any that you, that you turn to? I, I, you know, it's funny. When it comes to the size of the industry, I tend not to turn to stats. Um, now, when it comes to other things like sexual dysfunction among men and these sorts of things, I do. But I, part of the reason these stats are notoriously unreliable is a few reasons. 
One is it's kind of difficult to nail down just what is and what isn't an adult industry, yeah. quote unquote, yeah. uh, and then that sort of thing. But it's it's a huge problem. I just put it this way: if if you're a parent and you've given your child a smartphone and you haven't locked it down, then then you've given your child a portable X-rated movie theater uh, that, that can also make phone calls and internet searches and Skype calls to Nana or whatever. Uh, that, so. It's as it's as it's as big as a problem as it is accessible. Yeah, and I would um, and, yeah. I would say one of the lines that I've I've always used is that a child today with a smartphone is at worse uh, a worse problem for possibly gaining pornography addiction than a kid who had access to every single Playboy in 1970. I mean, it's yeah. so much worse. I don't think parents quite think about that. In 1970, they never would have given their child a, a plaque of, a stack of Playboys, but today we just hand them a smartphone and expect them just to be fine. Yeah, that's 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 a good point, and um, you know, I I don't think parents are aware also if they haven't looked at pornography for a while exactly. that the that the porn their kids are consuming is much different in many cases to the porn they consumed as kids or their parents consumed. It's not what we might imagine to be, you know, the centerfold in the Playboy or whatever. It's it's. Uh, you know, we'll put it this way. A lot of porn sites have rape categories, shaming categories. So this is the sort of porn, this sort of body-punishing, shameful porn. This is what our kids are first exposed to. If if, you, if someone was looking for something, quote-unquote, softcore, it would take some effort because that's not what first comes up. Yeah. Well, one of the things I, I come to when I talk about the how much more real this problem has become is talk to any priest you know over the age of 50. Uh, and talk to them about this problem, and they will say, "When I came out of, when I was ordained, this was not something that we talked about. This is not something in the confessional that was that we heard a lot." And that is not the case today. Today, it is the the number one thing they're talking about when they go to priest conferences. It's one of the things they're talking about how to help people in the confessional and it has to help people with marriages, men and women alike. And so, I think talking to your priest will help you understand the severity of this problem. Uh, so, Matt, how did you find this to be your calling? Uh, accidentally, um, I just uh, started talking about it because I didn't, you know, people at the time people were saying, aren't you kind of embarrassed or a little nervous to do that? I said, no, uh, maybe that's a problem for me. Maybe I should have been. But I just thought, well, look, everyone else I speak to in secret says they're also struggling. So why don't we just talk about it? And so I just began to try and talk <laughs> about it. And, you know, you learn a lot of things along the way, don't you? You start talking about something and. You know, you look back and you think, gosh, I wish I hadn't have said it that way or there's things I'd change now. But it just could have gradually took shape from there. Um, and it's, it's really a lot. You were just saying a moment ago about how we're beginning to recognize the scope of the problem, as you said, with those priests back in the day not dealing with it, now dealing with it. We're beginning to realize the scope of the problem and admit it. And I think it's illustrative um, that these teachers are now having me in to speak to their students on porn. Like, when I first started doing this six years ago, maybe, seven years ago, full-time, um, people wouldn't have me to come into their school to talk about porn, you know? They'd yeah. say, no, talk about chastity, and then, yeah, mention porn. <laughs> but now, they, they're, they're having me come in and address the issue of pornography, sexting, and these things specifically, because yeah. we just have to. We have two options, like, bury our heads in the sand and let our kids destroy themselves, um, or, or try to invite them to a more beautiful sort of love. 
Well, here's seven years ago when you started, here's a few things that would not have happened. These are a couple of news clippings and news headlines that I've seen recently. First off, Washington Post had an article recently, the anti-porn movement is growing and the public is just catching up. Time Magazine had a front cover page uh, article on why young men who grew up with Internet porn are becoming advocates in turning it off. And then recently, Utah passed a resolution declaring pornography a public health crisis. So you were kind of in the <laughs> forefront of it seven years ago. Those, those didn't exist. You did not have uh, secular newspapers helping you out, right? No. <laughs> no, you didn't. I remember I did an interview on the BBC, and I did not expect the guy to grill me, but he, he did. You know, he called me a prude, called me all these sorts of things. But it's exciting to see this is a movement, um, and it's not a movement just from Christians. You know, you've got uh, Muslims and atheists and Mormons and you know Protestants of all stripes who are addressing this issue, and uh, it's a movement that won't go away. It's exciting, really. I, I kind of feel like us activists are like weeds, you know, uh, irrepressible, breaking through the concrete, annoying the porn industry. They have the money, but we have science and we have heart. And uh, and uh, to, to sound a little dramatic, uh, we will not be stopped. And I um, again, I appreciate yeah. your are being leading the charge on this because somebody had to, somebody has to, and you're doing such a great job that with all your different ministries. Uh, and I've seen the fruits of it in my own life and uh, around me, the people around me. Uh, it is it is now, especially now that it's out in the open, right? It used to be kind of a secret, and now that we're getting out, heck, we're on a radio show right now talking about it. Uh, it's obviously becoming more in the forefront, and that's really important. So let's talk. You have a, a few different talks that you're kind of that I've heard you give. Uh, one is the seven myths exposed. Let's talk a little bit about that. If you can give us a high level of some of the main points uh, that you want to touch on from that talk. Yeah, well, the point of that talk is to attack pornography from every conceivable angle. So if you remember back in the 90s, you know, the the tobacco apologists kept trying to tell us that there was no correlation between tobacco and addiction, tobacco and cancer. Um, But the um, the science was piling up and they were seeming less and less serious, you know. Something's happening today in the same way. And uh, I think we can take a leaf out of the book of the tobacco, anti-tobacco movement. And by the way, I don't want anyone to misunderstand me. I'm not saying tobacco's immoral, you know, or I'm not equating it with pornography. But what did we see? We saw the, they attacked this from every angle. They said, look, it'll kill you. And then they said, okay, you don't care. All right, well, it'll kill your children, secondhand smoking, you know. Um, okay, it'll make you a bad kisser because you'll taste gross, your teeth will be green, no one will want to kiss you. And, uh, you know, I think we've got to... We got to attack this thing from every angle too. So in this talk, I address um, the neurology of addiction. I talk about how pornography has been linked to things like erectile dysfunction. Uh, I talk about the experience of those in the industry. I talk about uh, how this isn't adult entertainment, right? There's nothing manly about paying a woman money to pretend she likes you. And we just sort of attack it from every angle. The, the, the final myth is I can never be free of this. And that's when we talk about some of the practical steps towards healing. But that was the that was sort of the genesis. Well, the and a book of yours is delivered, True Stories of Men and Women Who Turn from Porn to Purity. I, I read that book a couple of years ago, and I think that's a great book to give people hope to say, gosh, there are people out there doing this, right? There are people who are in my shoes today yeah. who have now turned, turned it around. And I think you do a great job in that book of just letting those people share their stories. And I think it's very helpful. Yeah, yeah. So a lot, a lot of good's happening. You mentioned the porn effect. 
Um, that's the apostolate I direct. And the porn effect is the youth outreach of integrity restored. So there's several of us who are working almost full-time now developing this apostolate to help train priests to both help people who come to them in the confessional and to help priests deal with their own pornography problem if they're addicted to it. Um, and then we have symposiums that we run in dioceses for uh, you know priests and catechists one day and then the general public the next. Um, so a lot of good stuff's happening. Yeah, I was first introduced to you by uh, a talk you did called Taking Down Goliath. And you've, I don't know if you're still delivering it, but years ago uh, I listened to this talk, and it, it talked a lot about uh, tools for men who are struggling with it today. What are those first starting points? And I know you've covered a lot of these. Uh, for the men listening who are thinking, gosh, I need to do something, what are those first starting points? Yeah. Well, I'd say, number one, we need to admit that we have a problem and decide to change. That so long as we're making excuses for our sin and addiction, um, no growth, no healing, no progress can be made. If I'm blaming the porn industry, blaming my relationship with my dad, blaming what happened to me when I was young. Now, certainly these things can affect us and, and influence the behaviors we're currently involved in. That's true. We can acknowledge that. And uh, But at some point, we've just got to say, look... I need to change. I don't like the kind of person I'm becoming. It's my problem, uh, and i got to do something about it. Uh, so we have to want to change. Uh, and then I think after that, there's, there's a number of things one might say. Uh, we could set ourselves reasonable goals. That's something simple that we could do. We could say, depending on how often someone's looking at pornography, they might decide, I I'm going to go the weekend without looking at porn. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call a friend of mine, and I'm going to tell him, you know, because accountability is necessary. It's not optional, yep. right? So a yep. close friend that you can be real with, like, dude, I'm going to go this weekend. I'm not looking upon. I'm not masturbating. i tell you what. If I do, I'll be honest with you, and maybe there's some kind of penalty for me. Like, maybe I have to donate money to the local women's shelter, uh, or maybe i got to take you out for dinner. <laughs> you know? yep. um, we, we've got to get real about this and bring it into the light. Some things can only be healed by the antiseptic light of truth. I think this is one of them. So... There's a few things that would get people started to admit this is a problem, that we need to change, uh, to be accountable to other people, and to set ourselves realistic goals. Mm -hmm. Like, it can be tempting to say, I will never do this again. And that might be a noble sentiment and a courageous one, but it's not very practical. It's, it lacks the concreteness of a good resolution. So I tend to tell people, well, that's fine, but, you know, fighting pornography isn't a one-time decision. Yep. Uh, it's a... It's a daily decision by the choices we make. So yep. maybe saying, I'll go this week without it. And then when we do that, when we, when we reach these goals, we might surprise ourselves and realize, you know, dear, I've actually got more uh, power over this than I was willing to admit. Well, you're listening to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio, and today we're joined by Matt Frad, and we're discussing the topic of the fight against pornography. And I would add to that access, right? So if you if you are giving yourself access to it, uh, that's also a problem. So if you just have a stack of Playboys sitting on your counter, that's probably not going to help you out. I talk about having M and M's on my desk. If I have M and M's, I'm yes. probably going to eat them, you right? Eat so them. Yeah. let's let's talk about that in the parenting as well. So we got a couple minutes left. Touch on the parenting uh, of the internet generation. Yeah, so, you know, look, if you're a parent and you feel a little overwhelmed by all of this, um, you're not alone. I feel like us parents in the 21st century um, are kind of like guinea pigs, you know, like parenting in the 13th century was, wasn't 
totally dissimilar to parenting <laughs> in the 18th, but parenting today is a whole different <laughs> thing. So I'd say don't let your fear of not being able to adequately protect and guide your child prevent you from doing nothing. Um, so I would say a couple of things. Number one, whether we like it or not, we have to talk to our children in an age-appropriate way about pornography. We just have to. Um, look, we talk to our kids about other things, don't we? Like, um, you know, we might say to our kid, don't run off to the bathroom because uh, there could be a bad man there and he can take you away from us. You know, don't take candy from strangers, that sort of thing. Well, what on earth are we talking about when we talk about those things? Well, we're, we're thinking of abduction, sexual exploitation, um, sexual trafficking and molestation. But we talk about them in age-appropriate ways because we love our kids and we know that this is the, the kind of world we live in. We, we have to educate them like that. Well, we have to do the same thing with pornography. So I would say if your kid is six years old or if he's beginning to use iPhones and tablets, then I think the time has come to have an age-appropriate conversation with your child about pornography. Now, before anyone freaks out, let me tell you what that might look like. You know... Now, of course, this conversation shouldn't come out of nowhere. We should educate our children about the goodness of their bodies. You know, I talk to my girls about how beautiful their bellies are and why they're more special than their brother's bellies because they have wombs and we talk about these sorts of things, yeah? So I might say to them, look, if you ever see a picture or a video, maybe on the computer, maybe in a magazine, where somebody is showing parts of their body that their bathing suit should cover... That's called pornography. And if you see it, you should always tell mummy and daddy. And we would be so proud of you for, for doing that. You know, I think part of the apprehension we have in talking to our kids is we think when we say pornography, they think of the same images we're thinking of when we say it. But they haven't seen pornography, hopefully, yet. You know, so when we say parts of their body, their bathing suit should cover, they might imagine themselves or their brother or sister. They're not thinking of the, the awful sorts of things that, that are out there. Uh, I think this is really important that we do this, that we kind of maintain this open, ongoing relationship with our kids because pornography isolates children. It, it, you, it separates them from the family unit, and uh, we don't want that to happen. We want to be the experts. We don't want the kids at school or whatever on YouTube to be educating our children about the about their bodies. We, we want to do that. Matt, thank you so much for, for joining us today. And you guys can keep in touch with Matt, uh, integrityrestored.com. They also have a great podcast there as well. Uh, I would look at the porn effect. There's a lot of great resources. Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Well, up next, we're going to have your 99-second homily with Father Zach, so stick around, and we will be right back. My Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. I am Joe Stopulis, along with my good friend, Father Zakowski. And another big thanks to Matt Frad for joining us and discussing the important topic of fighting the epidemic of pornography in the world today. And there's so many great things that we, we learned out of there. And I, I would personally, again, encourage anyone to download Matt's podcast, uh, the Integrity Restored 
podcast. It's a, a wealth of information, uh, and it's it's accessible to anyone on their iPhones. And also, here are the diocese. Adam Story has a great uh, ministry through the Marriage and Family Life Office for men and women struggling with pornography here in Des Moines. So please reach out to Adam Story if you're struggling and, and want to help fight this in your own life at the Marriage and Family Life Office of the Diocese of Des Moines. Well, now for your homily in 99 seconds with Father Zach. All right. Uh, the homily today is from uh, Acts chapter 12, and you remember that that kind of famous story of Peter being arrested in the early church and and being put between the two guards. And an angel comes to him and says a couple things. He says, get up. And so the, for the first uh, words of the angel, very, very important that, that if we're stuck in uh, these sins of pornography or unchastity that that we find a way to get up and through the sacraments, especially to rise up out of the, uh, that darkness with God's grace. And the second uh, thing I want to mention that the angel says is to put on his belt and the, or cincture. And the belt is a symbol of chastity, a symbol of kind of getting rid of anything in our life that, that we don't need, uh, whether it be gluttony, whether it be, uh, greed, sloth, uh, unchastity, whatever that is, we need to tighten the belt. And so, just two words or two phrases from the angel. Uh, first of all, to get up and then to put on his belt. Uh, those are the words to St. Peter and words to us, too, as we, we fight, uh, f- fight the good fight. And there's a lot of rich scripture out there to help men who are struggling. One of the things that i really drawn towards when I'm in any sort of temptation is going to Luke 4 and reading the temptation of Christ. Because Christ experienced temptation as we all did. And he obviously perfectly avoided it. Uh, and so our ability to turn to Christ and use him as the example to deal with any temptation we have in our life is he's the model. He's the model to do that. And so turn to, the, turn to Scripture. There's so much good Scripture out there. Uh, Father Zach just gave you one. I gave you one. There's plenty. Uh, but turn to Scripture and use Scripture as the example uh, for how to get out of any of these uh, reoccurring sins you have in your life. Uh, and, again, as we talked about earlier, the Catholic Church has the confessional, which is most underutilized so sacrament. Powerful. It's so powerful, so powerful, and it can help anyone with anything they're struggling with. And then secondly, the Eucharist. And they're tied together uh, perfectly with the confessional helping us purify ourselves, preparing ourselves for the Eucharist, to receive Jesus in the Eucharist, who then helps yeah. us to be our shield against the wickedness and snares of the devil. So thank you again for joining us today on Man Up on IO Catholic Radio. For Father Zach Kautsky, I am Joe Stopulis. It's time to man up. When the pain starts to take its toll.